this month, Rivers of Nihil will release their new album, The Work, via Metal Blade Records. In arguably a very dense, heavy collection, Rivers of Nihil have forged further into new territory, delivering an album that is as cerebral as it is visceral, and that covers a staggering sonic range, definitively placing them in a category of their own. Fans can also catch the band on the road with The Black Dahlia Murder, After the Burial, Carnifex, and Undeath all month long in North America. Purchase your copy of The Work and check tour dates now at metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. Make sure you're picking up the new record from Rivers of Nihil, The Work. Once again, metalblade.com slash Rivers of Nihil. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hello, friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by... They call me Brandon Hahn because that's my name. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. And the girls are off this week, guys. So make sure you're also following our other two co-hosts. That is Sylvia Alvarado at It's the Sylvia on Twitter and Instagram and Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is at Jocelyn Sharp. And she's on TikTok at The Wizard of Jaws. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on the good old Instagram. This, my friends, is a special half episode to give you guys this week because we have to do something to promote the latest record from Avorted, and that is Mania Cult, which is out right now. So we got Sven back on the show. Always a great time. Always just the best chat, dude. And you know what we talked about? Again, I always bring up horror movies with him because I love talking horror movies, right? And uh, yeah, so we kind of went through the horror movies. And every Halloween, my uh, my wife's birthday is October 7th, but October 1, she's like, what are we going to watch? Because all we're allowed to do is watch horror movies. Like last year- Do you we- do that with the boys? No, no, it's Not harder yet. to do it because we got we got our kids are two and five for people that don't know. So it's it's harder to okay. do it because we don't want them walking in. I don't know if I ever told you the story when when my when Briscoe was like two or three, we were watching um, Ash versus the Evil Dead. It was still on at the time, and I think it was like season two. And um, this cop's daughter turned into a deadite and ripped the cop's head off, and it was like she held his head with the spine. And Briscoe just runs in and he's like, blood, blood, blood. And now, dude, we're like, I picked him up and walked out and I was like, shit. <laughs> like, right. This, I'm like, horror movies are like sex. We've got to lock Did the door. Did he start crying or was he just saying blood, blood, No, he blood. just kept saying blood. But to this day, he'll say, he's like, daddy, don't watch horror movies. Don't watch The Evil Dead. He'll say that. And he's five now. Wow. He says that now. He's like, are you guys going to bed? Are you going to watch a good movie or a horror movie? And I'm like, we're going to watch a good movie, kid. You know, And yeah. so he'll come out of his room and walk into our room and be like, what are you watching? We're like, like yesterday we were watching this movie called Wildlife with Jake Gyllenhaal. We're like, we're watching a good movie. But he's like, he's checking on us to make sure we don't watch You're not watching movies. that filth? Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have like a blockbuster he just doesn't video. Want to, he, he just doesn't want you to turn out bad. That's, a, that's what he is. You know, he's just making sure he's keeping his dad from going down a bad path. But we have, meanwhile, like I said, we have a, a, a room of nothing but like it's virtually shelf by shelf. It looks like a blockbuster right. video of DVDs. And it's like, I'd say 70% horror films, like in all these collections on the on the big scale. So last year we watched all the Friday the 13th. Sven in the interview, not to give a spoiler away, he said he watched the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I was trying to sell to my wife, we're going to watch the Night of the Living Dead all the way through with the sequels and the remakes, the, the George A. Romero ones. 
and she's she wants to do a Nightmare on Elm Street because she's only seen a few of them. So uh, she hasn't seen all of them. I've no. even seen. No. I think I have seen all of the them. The only one that she saw, and here's the thing, dude, and I'm not going to give away spoilers in the, in the interview, but I loved A New Nightmare, and she loved New Nightmare as a kid, because I think we were in the age of like 12 or 13 when that one came out. So that one was like, there was other ones that came out in real time, but that was my first theater Robert England, Freddy Krueger experience. That was my first theater one. And the moment in that film when he says, miss me, and he was in Heather Lankenkamp's closet, I fucking shrieked and screamed it was like one of my favorite moments in in jump scare history for me as a person so i have this really near and dear place for that west craven's new nightmare me and sven talk about that film in the interview coming up but um and that was like the only one that she remembered really well besides the first one so she doesn't remember watching the sequels not even part three which is what do you think about freddy versus jason I, i was a fan Really? I was a fan. I, I was like, it. where did Freddie learn how to do kung fu? I don't care. I, <laughs> dude, I, you know what? <laughs> he, did like, he did this like jump spinning roundhouse <laughs> thing. I'm like, what? When the film <laughs> came out, I was like, this has got to be campy to the T. This yeah. is a ridiculous comp- concept. And I think they nailed it. Me personally, I, th- I thought they nailed it. They had cast it right. It was The tone was just sheerly comedy and gore, you know, and nothing kind of like serious undertones, just nonsense. And that's what I, that's because Freddy versus Jason, the concept to me is, is as dumb as it gets. So I was pretty much on board with that. Um, and then the Jason series from the New Line Cinema era, the Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, you know, Freddy versus Jason, uh, Jason's era is now is just comedy, I guess, in a lot of ways. It's just pure comedy. And then, um, I don't know. Like, that's the thing about Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger, I, I just can't separate Robert England from Freddy Krueger. That remake, I didn't care for at all. And I can't separate the actor from the character. Do you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, exactly. Like, like Robert so England will always be Freddy Krueger. It doesn't, like, when people say, oh, you know, you can, it worked for Texas Chainsaw or whatever remake. It's like, look, there's no iconic actor tied to those roles. Even though we can say, you know, whatever, Gunnar Hansen. But you can, there's so much makeup, so much effects. It doesn't, it but doesn't that, play. Especially but, like Freddy. Like, Kane Hodder wasn't the worst Freddy uh, or worst Jason movies. But he's the iconic you know, well, Jason actor, I think, but you know? is he really an actor? He had no lines. I mean, Freddy Krueger well, had lines. Actor. He's acted later on. I mean, he had lines, though. No, he, his delivery. That's was what I'm saying. So it's like that's dry. what made that's what made yeah. Robert England Freddy Krueger. He had the, the lines. That's what made him welcome to prime time, bitch. I mean, dude, that's my favorite all time and kill dude, ever. That's 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 you just nailed it right there. You want to be a big TV star when you get. <laughs> Welcome to primetime, bitch. A great actor as a iconic villain. Tim Curry is it, you know? Yeah. It's like the movie can have all the flaws in the world. When he sets up on that screen, you're like, fear is in me, man. But that Skarsgård, it was okay. No, no, the first one was good. But the Tim Curry's it. Tim um, Curry's it. But here's the thing. That, that movie was way more campy. I liked the first one, It. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, first, with it, the Skarsgård, I liked it. The second one, I, I thought was awful. Yeah, yeah, I didn't it like was it stupid. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Tim Curry, It, though, again, that was so iconic. Now, Grant, when, when you watch it now, it is a it is a blatant TV movie, but again, the just him, the acting, uh, you know, the things that he was saying, it was just he was just perfect. But that's for it. why I had issues with this Skarsgård thing because yeah. I'm like, look, Tim, it, it's when we go into the Joker with you know, we did a Rise to Offend episode on the history of the Joker, guys. If you guys never heard, and we go through all the actors that portrayed it. Um, when Jack Nicholson had that role, it was kind of like leave it the fuck alone because he nailed it, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually Heath Ledger, you know did what he did and you can see whatever the evolution the evolution of it see that's the thing but i 
that movie came out in the 90s. It was almost like 25 years later Heath Ledger did. 89 is yeah. when Batman came out. Yeah. yeah. So well, it was that's what I'm long. saying yeah. is that when an actor owns a role, like Robert England owns, you know, Freddy, Freddy Krueger, yeah. I don't think you can really mess that with it. That was an easy cash grab. It was dumb. So yeah, we're going to figure out our horror movies for the, uh, because we always revisit a classic series and then we just get a bunch of like underground or smaller things and stuff like that and. And, um, but that's, that's the toss up right now. The night, night of the living dead for our, our Halloween or the nightmare on Elm street. Now, what was for you? Cause we're talking horror and this just goes into our interview guys with Sven for this point, special episode guys. Um, so, you know, I, I'll call it the precursor for Halloween. We're starting it early because the, the Mania cult record's so great and you guys should be having it in your hands right now. But anyways, what was the first, as you, as a kid, what was the first movie that you remember like that scared the shit out of well the first movie that scared the shit out of me i guess my parents took me to go see et when i was three or four and remember when elliot goes into the field and et he, he sees et for the first time and et just goes eh. and look i was a kid i didn't know what the hell yeah. i was looking at but briscoe's gonna say that about ash vs evil Dead. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well this guy ripped his this girl killed her own God, dad and ripped so his bad. head and spine out it was like sub-zero yeah. but uh no for me though when you're talking about horror movie it would have to be poltergeist mm. when the kid uh, like the, the boy was on the bed and the clown arms were coming around. Oh, know? I remember that. Yeah. So the reason why that was so scary is because it was a kid. Yeah. I just remember like seeing a kid and going, that, I was like, that was me. Now all of a sudden I got a clown under my bed. Mine's the same with the kid thing is because the one that scared the living shit out of me is like me and my brother would, we'd go to this place. It was called the cinema eight. It was like a dollar theater next to our apartment yep. complex. We could walk there. And we would, well. we would buy a ticket to Harry and the Hendersons or whatever movie was playing at the time. That was like, Benji the bear whatever and we would try to sneak into horror films like I I mean Elvira mistress of the dark I probably snuck in and watched four times without telling any of my friends because they would have made fun of me but I was just Elvira was like the hottest thing yes. me as a kid and um Did so make you feel funny in your nether regions no I was like probably eight at the time I, hey, sh- I was eight when I saw Paul Abdul and I felt funny in my nether yeah, regions I didn't, so I, this I don't know, probably I don't, worked for I, you I can't say I felt funny in my nether regions I just was drawn to Elvira okay. how's that and so well, I remember one time I snuck into Halloween 4 The Curse of Michael Myers and that's the one where he's chasing little Dan- Daniela Harris and the she's the little girl and he was trying to kill her because it was I can't remember the plot I've seen that one it was a long time ago I don't even know if it holds up but um, it doesn't and I was the only person in the theater, right? And my brother and our friend, his name was Pee Wee, they snuck in the back and they like kicked the shit out of the chair and started slapping me and then ran and I didn't know who it was during that movie. And I came out of the theater crying and they called my mom. It was this like oh. traumatic experience, right? So Michael Myers was like the big boogeyman. Cause in my mind, my brother told me later it was him, Pee Wee. I didn't know who it was. In my mind, I was like, this was you know, right. Michael Myers. And well, how nice of Michael Myers just to just same, kick your chair, not stick you with a butcher knife. That same year, dude, I had a meltdown. And I was like, like I said, eight years old or something like that. And we're in line at this, uh, man, what is it? It's, we're going into a haunted house. And the line was like, for, for haunted houses in Las Vegas, like we only had a few back in the day. Now it's a big thing, but the line would be like a two hour wait to go through like a 10 minute haunted house. And we were waiting in line, me and my brother and my mom to go through this haunted house for Halloween. And I mean, we probably waited an hour and then we were, there's like maybe 17 kids in front of us and some dude in a Michael Myers costume walks by and enters the haunted house. I fucking lose my mind. 
And my brother's like, dude, what are you doing? I can't, I can't. I just, I believed he was in a theater to scare me. Yeah. Right. And, and dude, we left the line and my mom's like, okay, we can go home. My brother was so mad at me. Yeah. So Michael Myers was like the guy. Right. And, um, as I got older, obviously the Halloween sequels didn't do it for me. The remakes didn't do it for me. So he the remakes slow, were bad. He I'm slowly, nah, the, I mean, again, part one and two, I, 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 I love it. And part three for its own right as the witch thing, but Part one and two was no, no, no. Classic. Part one and two were amazing. I'm talking about the Rob Zombie remakes. They were but bad. I, I was not a fan at all. I mean, the David Gordon Green one was okay too. It didn't it didn't stick with me that much. The one the one with Jamie Lee Curtis that uh, what's H2 his name? H two O. No, 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 no. The, he just did it. David Gordon Green and uh, the one Danny McBride wrote. You know, Danny McBride, yeah, the yeah. guy from Vice Principals or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. he's famous for. I know he's here for something else, but that guy wrote it. But anyways, that one was okay. The the last one. I know there's a new one, Halloween Kills, same team that did it, and I know it did well, but it didn't it didn't hold up for me. I enjoyed it, but more like for nostalgia enjoyment. Where Rob Zombie did fail, but I appreciate the shit that he went for it. He went like gutso, and it didn't work out. But he did try to make it his own, if I may. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with failing if you don't follow the exact script. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, so I was good with that. But um. Yeah, it didn't work out. But the scariest character for me of all time was was always Pinhead. Pinhead was in scary. In the first Hellraiser, because skinning people. And I saw this probably at 10 or 11. And the hooks coming out of nowhere. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was scary when I was a kid. And, and then, I mean, I can't tell you when I saw Hellraiser, Hellbound, and, and Pinhead, there was so many tougher than him. I was so mad. I, like, I, like, I felt like Pinhead like betrayed me. I'm like, what the fuck? That guy? There's like, somebody yeah. tougher than Pinhead. Anyway. This is bullshit. Yeah. Like we haven't seen that a hundred times over. But let me tell you this. That's the thing about horror movies that is so... Um, I mean, we're, it seems like we're coming back to a phase where there's all these streaming channels that are going to put on some stuff that like uh, kind of adhere to the classic movement. But that's the thing is like... I, I go back to these decades, like the early '90s with the can- the original Candyman's and movies like that, or the '80s, where there was this like intent of just trying to really do something new. And I feel we've lost. I, I mean, again, I, I I hate sounding like an old person, but I feel we lost like a decade uh, of of potentially really good edgy horror movies to like I don't know the well nowadays Bloomhouse stuff that yeah. really did nothing for anything but like PJ 13 crowds you know well, it was really it was kind of a rough year for me as a fan well now it or seems a like every, decade you know it seems yeah. like every horror movie that comes out now is trying to s- center around some social norm thing you know what I mean like some oh I see what you're saying yeah, yeah. you know and I'm just like dude can we just have a slasher like a good slasher but honestly I mean after Freddy after Jason after Michael Myers everyone every new slasher that comes out they're always going to be compared to those guys I don't know behind the mask really really stuck with me and that was uh, maybe 15 years now god i gotta look when that one came out beyond the mask i thought was really well done but that was almost like kind of, kind of a parody but i feel like there could have been a, a fantastic sequel. i think the last i think um, the last one was probably it you know but again that was a remake it wasn't one of the originals yeah, so it's yeah. like i don't know where you go from here i really uh, you don't know, know where I, you go from here look with the amount of Leatherface, i mean it's like the amount of crazy shit leatherface did hellraiser freddy krueger Jason, I mean, it's like you've had zombies, you've had psychopathic killers, but you've had crazy you just, clowns you just, from outer space. You just did it. You just said it. Like, the, who? What's the last iconic horror 
person. It, it, this is a guy from Saw, right? And that was 2005. I yeah. could be off a And how many years. of those movies did they try yeah, pumping they did out? Plenty. Well, yeah. I was fine and with now all they of got, them. And now they, have a, <laughs> and now they have like a prequel. They or, all did their job. Who cares? But they're now they're, but they're still trying to capitalize oh, they just off did that a re- franchise. They did a jigsaw. Eh, yeah. Again, I, they, they gradually got a little bit worse, you know, but the point is they all did their job. I was fine with all of them. Same with, that's how I felt about most movies with sequels. If, if they had a great horror character. Was and then there was, and then there was just flat out death and final destination. It was like, how can we just well, come up with the most gruesome, crazy I'll, I'll, ways for people to die? I'll stand by final destination two forever. That one's great. You know what? As, you know, the last one too, I forgot what it was called. It was called the final destination. They nailed it. Didn't give a shit about the first one, but yeah, they, they Again, well, it just makes sense. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like in Final Destination, there really wasn't a bad guy. No, it was know, just death. That's inventive. That's what I mean. Okay, that's I'm fine. I'm good with that. Where's the last character of Final Destination? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like, there. If you have a bad guy that can't die or you can't stop him, I mean, I, I love how they went in Final Destination One, where the the, the 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 hero somehow survived, but he ended up in a psych ward with padded rooms. But then he died of cancer, so death still got him. The fun. No, that that's the fun of ha- figuring out. Hey, how do you? Kill Jason. I don't know. The fun part is figuring it out at the end of the movie, because right. <laughs> like, he's not supposed to be able to die. How do you how do you kill this guy? I've seen again the telekinetic girl to throw him underwater. I don't know. Like that's the point. That's the fun part of these the the, the movies. Yeah, you know? and, and by the way, the telekinetic girl that lived at the end of the movie and drug Jason down with chains and stuff like that. Like, why don't they just call her whenever Jason, we're talking about the new blood part seven for you that haven't seen, I don't want I don't want to spoil it everything, but, yeah. but I'm just saying like, why don't they just call that chick and be like, get the telekinetic girl. No, no, stop. You're, you're doing what I don't ever do that. Don't say, why don't they just so they can end it? No, no, no. Let's All not right. ask any questions right. and let them figure out a way to make it entertaining. Yeah. And, and why don't and they have again? cell phones? It's 2020. Uh, like, why are they using no, no, corded no, no, no. phones? I, I'll let that go. Okay, I might ask the cell phone question. <laughs> I might I might do that. I might do that. So with that, anyways, guys, it's a special point five episode. Like I said, we really, really wanted to promote Mania Cult. Um, it is out now. So with that, let's let's talk more horror movies and fucking aborted's new record right here. Here's my interview with Sven. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the show, once again, we got Sven from Aborted. We are here to promote, celebrate Maniacult. It's coming out September 10th, dude. Oh, fantastic, fantastic job. I needed this record, man. I needed it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think we needed it as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, you guys did too. too. Okay, I'll, you tell me why you needed it. I'll tell you why I needed it. Because I the EP worked really well for me last year. I'm just saying, you guys hooked me up with that. But I needed this full length too. But tell me why you guys needed it. I think we needed it because that's literally the only thing we could do in, in the whole time that the world shut down. I think in our case, it was a little extra spicy seeing we, you know, we have no ability of meeting up. So doing this album was the only thing that kept us connected to the band and, and, and doing music. So, I mean, still till this day, I still haven't seen anyone from the band and it, we won't until I think February next year. <laughs> And that's when the tour is booked, correct? Uh, in the, the European yeah. tour, yeah. So uh, yeah, which, exactly. Which we are uh, we are really hoping everything will be fine. I got a good feeling about it, but again, you know what? You never know. I just have that. I just have this optimism going into twenty twenty two with this stuff. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if it won't work then, then when will it? You know, <laughs> we gotta get back to normal at some point. I'm with you, man. It's it's definitely. Uh, 
yeah, it's been it's been one of those years. The 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 reason I needed a record is because all I did was this last year was I'm like, all right, I'm gonna take time and just watch all my favorite horror movies, revisit them, and see, you know, which ones don't hold up anymore. Hey, do I really like mm-hmm. early '90s horror more than I like '80s horror, which has been my whole life? I'd be like, no, early '90s horror is the best. I don't know if that's true anymore, but I needed your music to kind of compound that because of the the tie-in mm-hmm. I have with that. So that's why I needed it because it, it motivated me to do other things in a lot of ways. And so did the EP last year. And uh, did you spend a lot of time right uh, revisiting uh, movies this past year like I did? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think I, I, I've binge-watched all the, the Nightmare on Elm Streets again, mm-hmm. many of the... You know, the 80s classics, but also a lot of the newer films that have been coming out. There's been quite some uh, cool new ones, too, um, the last couple of years. So that's always been nice. Uh, it, it seems with horror that there's always, like, good periods and bad periods. And it, it seems like we're not doing too bad the last couple of years. Um, I saw Candyman this week, so that was pretty sick. Oh, it was good. Did, how was it? It was good? Yeah, it was good. Oh, I'll, it was I'll good. Make- it was definitely... It was definitely better than the other sequels. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, Farewell to the Flesh hurt my feelings. I saw that in the theater as a kid. <laughs> I like New Orleans. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. I was mad as well. You were mad as well because, dude, that original Candyman is like, oh. And that's what I mean by the early 90s horror. I, th- I feel like that's like almost the best time frame. But then you go back because mm-hmm. I did revisit all the Friday the 13th with my wife. And, I, I mean, I went all the way to... She stopped at Jason X. She's like, that's it. So she didn't she didn't make the whole trek with me, but I, I made uh-huh. it all the way through. And um, I, I've realized that there's a few of those that I, I don't know if I care for anymore. And I was like a fan of everything. There was a couple that I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Did you- I'll, I'll be honest, man. The first two... Uh, not so didn't age so well i'll be honest yes thank you like it really kicks off on three and then the best one's mm-hmm. six i'm sorry it's by far to me yeah you agree i i agree jason lives is, is my favorite one as well yeah so maybe the hockey because i wasn't really okay i guess i wasn't alive because i was born in the 80s but i guess i wasn't alive when the first two came out that i didn't see that huge you know uh push maybe i just knew him as a hockey mask guy but i mean i did appreciate them a lot but yeah the revisit didn't work now nightmare on elm street the revisit how did that work out which ones stood out more than than they didn't this time around was dream warrior still like the best sequel or new nightmare oh yes yes (laughs) dream dream warriors for sure and the first one for me Uh, second one's kind of yeah and four is all right but after that it's kind of yeah what is your take on New Nightmare? Because I'm a fan of that one. A lot of my friends don't I, like it. I, I didn't like it. Oh, I didn't, didn't like it at all. No, I hated it when it came out. And I gave it a... I was like, I have not watched... I, even if I owned a box set, that's the one that I never watch. Oh, really? Because I hated it so much when it came out. And I was like, all right, we're watching this again. I'm gonna. I'm actually going to give this an honest try. Uh, no, I can't. Oh. It's, no. Man, we, we all my friends are just like you. I'm the only one that's like he tried to do something new and creative and weird, and it's like original. There's flaws, but I just the the attempt for Wes Craven to to, to revisit it in that aspect, I thought was uh, man, I just got to give him credit. I'm always I'm always looking for anybody that's trying to be original, you know. And I, I mm-hmm. will you give me that he tried to be original even though it failed to you? I'll, I'll give it that. I'll okay. I'll say that the idea is definitely. I mean, it's not a. It's hard because even as as bad as Freddy's Dead is, 
Yeah. Or the the you know it, it has the you know typical Freddy dream sequences murders where the new ones or new nightmares kind of I don't know it's it's hard to the same thing with the remake they could have done something really cool mm. but they butchered it and it's it's hard when you're so attached to a character that they're trying to do something else with it if that makes any sense mm-hmm. yeah i gotta tell you the remake uh i that's the one that i don't i revisited it once i'm like i'm done with this i'll never watch it again because i always seem to be okay with revisiting things but as far as remakes go from the classics if we may you just talked about Candyman, which i didn't see I was a fan of the Texas Chainsaw one with Jessica Biel. I thought that was yes. a really good remake. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And yeah. uh, Friday the 13th was, it was a, I, didn't, I don't know, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but it, it didn't hurt my feelings. Nightmare on Elm Street hurt my feelings. I actually really enjoyed the new Child's Play where they remade it. Did, yeah. you, did you like that one too? Yeah. I thought they nailed I it. I didn't like how the doll looked too much, to be mm. honest. But yeah. besides that, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm gonna agree with you. I wasn't a fan when I'm like, because yeah, this. I don't know. It was just too. I'm with you on the look, but yeah. Overall, mm-hmm. when it was all said and done, I'm like, hey, dude, you guys got it. And I came in negative as hell. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm like yeah. dumb. Yeah. And they, yeah. they pulled it off. Um, and then the one that I, I really, really liked, but again, my friends hated it, was the Evil Dead, the film remake. Um, how did you feel about that one? I know that we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Sam Raimi because Drag Me to Hell is a track on the new record, everybody. If you haven't heard, yeah. Mania Cult is coming out September 10th. Pick it up. But what did you think about the Evil Dead remake? I didn't like it when I saw it at first because I thought it, it followed a sequence way too much like they read a passage and or they see something in a book and then it immediately happens right after that kind of bugged me the the first time i saw it but i rewatched it as well uh in the last year and it's actually pretty visceral and and very brutal and extreme it, especially because i rewatched all the evil dead and that one by far is, is the most brutal mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it that for sure like the first one is just silly I mean, I like it, but it's silly as, as hell. Yeah. And uh, that, I thought that remake was actually very disturbing. I, I, I felt me. I felt like I'm like they can run with this new version of the Evil Dead. There, mm-hmm. you can do more. Uh, and then Ash versus the Evil Dead came out, which I am a huge fan of. But I feel like that is the end of the. If I not the comic book world, but in the movie world and the TV world, I feel like that was it for the Bruce Campbell era. Um, I don't know how you felt. Did you did you watch that sh- series as well? Yeah, yeah, I, I watched all of it. I, I really liked it. I thought you it was know, great. Not yeah. every episode was fantastic, but for the most part, it was really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did the the only episodes I did like is when Ash was in the uh, mental hospital or in uh, the asylum kind with, of thing. Yeah, with the little doll hand that he had or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I knew what I they were trying for. Yeah, I'm with you though. Yeah, yeah. But the series were great, but I, I I agree with you, and I think Bruce Campbell agrees as well. That you know, it's that, that, it's good. It's done now. It's done. Yeah, and him in a tank at the end was. I don't want. Oh, we can't do spoilers. But the one thing that that series did for me, because I am a very, I'm a huge fan of practical effects, and I've never been a fan of really CGI. It always looks just sloppy and kind of video gamey. But that series mm-hmm. took practical and CGI, put them together, and I and I thought mm-hmm. they mastered it. I thought they did the best you could. And it actually worked really well because it was comical at times, and then there was times I was just mm-hmm. grossed the fuck out. So, um, did you do you agree with me on that? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that a mixture of practicals and, and CGI usually works pretty well. And that's something where the the prequel to the thing kind of the studio missed the mark, I think, because they, they had a great team of practical effect designers. Mm -hmm. and the whole movie was done in, in practicals, and then the studio decided to replace all the practicals with CGI, and, you know, we got what we got. But I think if they would have blended the two, that one would have turned out much better, too. I do agree, and I and I I am a fan of that one though. I am the prequel to the. the I, I I like it as well, but I think it it would look. There's this certain quality of disgusting. Yep. I, I don't know. You know, the practicals just look gross, and and it, it's so much more real. And you know, that's the CGI. I can't really get that yet. Mm -mm, nah, I'm completely with you. Yeah, I, that that's one that I've actually I've I've revisited actually this last year, and I'm like, dude, I like this one. Like they they did all right. And that's the thing about yeah. the the remakes is that I, I'm not opposed to it, but I think that it's like a really daunting task unless you are like a f big fan and I but I do like like you mm -hmm. said the prequel thing there was a they did a remake of the town that dreaded sundown did you ever see that remake by chance I don't think it was that popular no I did not see that and just just uh, people I'll just tell you real quick but what they ended up doing is that the town if you ever see the town that dreaded sundown it was just kind of like a, a true story about this killer in Texarkana in, in America and what they did with the the remake is that they would have people watching this movie um, uh, on a drive-in, it was an annual thing, and then and then a new killer would appear doing the killings from the film. And I was like, "All right, so this is what I, I like when they go a different route." Now, did the movie work mm -hmm. out when it was all said and done? Not completely. You know, it didn't really work mm -hmm. out. They didn't really hit all the marks. But my point is, is that that's where I really like the angles where they where they go, or they take something and they go brutal, like like Evil mm -hmm. Dead or Texas Chainsaw. You know, I think they yeah. they did that. So. Fun, fun, fun talk. But let's go back to the record. We did bring up Drag Me to Hell. Um, Sam Raimi's, I guess, last horror film, technically. I mean, uh, I don't know if he's going to do another one, but the point is is that I saw that in the theater and I was not disappointed. Loved it and uh, did inspire a track. Tell me about the track and tell me about your uh, feeling about that film as well. Well, you know, we, we usually have a couple songs about horror movies, and I wanted to do one that was a little less known, so that's why I picked that one. And uh, same here, I mean, when I went to see it, I initially didn't know it was a Sam Raimi film, so mm. I just saw the title, I was like, all right, well, uh, let's check it out, you know? And uh, the entire movie, I kept thinking, I, th this is the exact same type of humor and... and deliriousness that, that that evil dead has it, it really gives me these you know evil dead 2 vibes I, I couldn't pinpoint why i just kept on laughing at whenever the girl gets something in her mouth because the entire movie she's getting her hair pulled out and, and shit gross shit in her mouth <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous and the way the demon tries to you know cross the, the threshold or whatever you call it into our world is, is so ridiculously done with the goats and the practical effects as well with, with the goats and all that are so over the top. And at the end, when I saw Sam Raimi's name, I was like, at least I'm not retarded. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least I, I saw this going in. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was very refreshing for when it came out. It was, it was the type of horror movie I absolutely needed uh, at that time. Yeah, no, and I think if people haven't seen it, make sure you do, because it did not do great at the box office that was during his spider-man phase and then he i think that was like what he did after or maybe in between i can't remember the 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 career way but my wife is not a fan of sam raimi 
and that I showed her that movie without telling her it was Sam Raimi because she I don't know why she hated Dark Man and Army of Darkness. She oh wow! This is yeah, she didn't like these movies. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. She loves horror movies, but she's not into mm-hmm. the Sam Raimi style, which again, mm-hmm. very strange. You know, she's very Peter mm-hmm. Jackson, not Sam Raimi. I don't know. I find them similar. That's the that's the thing. And um, they're both over the top and silly. That's for sure. I tell you, she's like, Meet the Feebles is like the best movie ever. I'm like, how do you not like Evil Dead too? You know, like so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? But anyway, so I I showed her Drag Me to Hell without telling her it was Sam Raimi, and she loved it. And so um, now she's just being stubborn on the revisit. She's like, no, I don't want to watch those again. I'm like, all right then. But yeah. She, <laughs> so drag me to hell. She's like, it's the best one he's ever done. I'm like, uh, it's not. But the fact that you liked it is, just shows proof that you're being stubborn. Um, <laughs> which, hey, I love my wife. She's the best. She watches New York Ripper with me and a lot of movies with just insane amounts of boobs and it's cool so i'm okay with it <laughs> so, <laughs> i always there feel weird go. i'm sorry i don't know if you do the same way but if i'm watching a movie with like my wife and there's just uh, just uh, just more boobs than anything else and i'm like it's a slasher i swear i feel really weird and awkward do you get that way or are you like it's cool i only feel awkward about that when i'm on an airplane <laughs> somebody's next to you <laughs> Yeah, or behind me, and they're like, "What the hell is that guy?" Because you know, I mainly watch that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I just put it on without thinking, and then I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Especially when there's like someone completely naked getting destroyed. Like, I, I know I, I watched Hatchet Two on a plane, and I felt very conscious about it. <laughs> that is the best Hatchet Two, by the way, to me. I agree. Yeah, the Daniel Harris era of Hatchet is. I didn't Hatchet One was mediocre to me. Hatchet too. They figured it out. Oh man, this is yeah. this is fun. We're, we're we're pretty much talking about my last year. This is the positive thing of my last year is watching all these <laughs> movies again, <laughs> buying them on yeah. Blu-ray. I'm like Amazon, just send them over. I don't give a shit. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I I bought uh what was it? Laid to Rest Two, Chrome Skull. I'm like, let's do it. And I'm watching. I'm like, I don't need this, but I'll keep it. I'll, I'll revisit it down the road. So back to the record. We're talking about Drag Me to Hell. You picked the 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 cool obscure Sam Raimi movie that is amazing. Um, lyrically, was there anything about things going in someone's na- mouth gross the whole time? I did not pick up on that. Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> it's it's sort of a, it's literally about the, the, the movie, but uh, at the same time, it also follows the concept of the record, which is also, uh, let's say, um, the, the second degree, uh, the metaphor of the record is mental health. So... I felt something like Drag Me to Hell perfectly fits uh, in there as well. So it's it's kind of double, you know? Mm-hmm. I like the fact that in the, the mental health part you're talking about, because this is, I think, what we're dealing with as a society, I mean, world, really, that our mental mm-hmm. health is going to be completely different at the end of this. And it's either going to be in a negative way, a positive way. We're going to want to stay away from people. We're going to want to embrace them more. But I feel like there's going to be some extreme shift in all of us because of mm-hmm. uh, what we've been dealing with. Do you feel that as well, or is that? do you think I'm kind of going a little extreme on that? No, I, I completely agree. And even now, you know, in, in Europe, things are finally loosening up a bit. It's still, like before, you know, when you'd meet your friends, you'd be all hanging out, and whatever, hugs are going around a bit. But now it's like you meet people, and you're like, okay, what's, what's cool to do? <laughs> you know, how do I behave socially? It's... Yeah, it's something. 
it's it's huge, man. Hugs to head nods. That's what I've been dealing with. People just nod. Hey, hey, that's it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's always awkward, and that's yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. that's a good point. And those little social cues do get in our heads, man. You know they do because mm-hmm. I want to know what to do in every environment, and uh, I never really know because it's like every environment seems to be different from even a grocery store to another grocery store. Um, yep. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a, an interesting one. I did get to go to my I, I've talked about it on the show a few times. I got to go to my first metal festival, and that was uh, out here. Oh. In La- I'm in Las Vegas, and I got to go to Psycho Vegas. And uh, oh, awesome! I saw a lot of footage from that, and it looked really really cool. Oh man, I just and I say I said it a few times. It's just this collective sigh. Everybody was just happy, but uh, yeah, you know, people weren't wearing masks. Nobody was complaining. It was just like there was just this positive, awesome, and every band's like, ah. Oh, you know, <laughs> like we, we're yeah. just happy to be here. It was it was a great experience for me. So I do feel our our community. We get it. We get it that we have to do what we got to do so your tours don't get messed up. So we keep you guys going because we need your music. So I think I really from that festival, I really got that the audience understands what's at stake if we fuck around. You know, um, mm-hmm. and that was cool because before the audience just took you guys for granted and the shows for granted. You know, that was a new experience for me so yeah yeah i'm sure i'm 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 very excited to actually get to play again so we'll see just a couple months more uh more patience and uh we'll see what's up (laughs) february it's happening everybody make sure europe you guys are checking it out pre-order tickets now i'm telling you they're gonna sell out because that's what's been going on uh, with all the shows that we've been doing and now you guys i I wanted to talk about the anniversary for the band it's been over 20 years Mm -hmm. now which Mm -hmm. crazy man i've known you guys for that long in my life but it's been over 20 years where is the anniversary that you want to celebrate be like all right aborted 25 30 40 even where's the anniversary date you want to celebrate do a tour and all that stuff on I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough question. I mean, we, we've thought of doing something, you know, on the, I think it was the 25th anniversary of the band, mm-hmm. which was last year, but, you know, we all know what happened, so that kind of went down the shitter. So, 26th year or, or 27th <laughs> year doesn't sound so good. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I guess we'll see. We're just, you know, trying to do some cool shit, and maybe eventually we'll do a DVD or, or a Blu-ray or, or, or something because we weren't even able to do a live stream or something since everybody, you know, lives so remotely away from each other. So uh, I think, you know, next year we're going to try to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, we got to do a lot of cool stuff with this record. So we made an action figure, which for me is, is, is something fantastic. So uh, for us, the anniversaries maybe don't matter so much as, as to just keep on doing what we're doing and then actually, you know, having fun while doing it. I think that's the most important. Oh, I'm with you, man. You're completely right. Tell us about the action figure. Cause I think that's really awesome. Now, where did it, the concept come? When did you know it was a green light? Tell us all about that. Well, it's funny cause the, the guy I record vocals with always, uh, London from, uh, her studios. He, uh, he, he also makes uh, custom He-Man figures. So I was talking to him, I was like, you know, we usually do those crazy pre-orders and uh, I was thinking about what we could do this time around, even before we recorded anything for the record. And he was like, well, why, the, you know, we, we, you don't have an aborted action figure yet. I was like, wait a minute, that's actually a cool idea. So 
Um, it started from there, and actually we started from the action figure. Then from the action figure, we came up with the figure of, of Whalen Thurston, and then built this whole maniacal concept around it. So we started from an action figure uh, to sell a record, kind of like, uh, I guess they, they made the He-Man figure, they, they made a cartoon to sell the He-Man figures, you know, <laughs> the other way around. So it, it started from there. We found someone to sculpt in Belgium uh, called Martin Verhoeven. And it's in production. They're as good as done and ready to be shipped. So very, very excited about it. Dude, that is super awesome. And so it's for, it's for the uh, the limited edition version, correct? No. Um, well, we made, we made quite a bunch of them. Because, oh. of course, the these things don't manufacture by 100 so we we had to make quite a few mm. uh so there's some limited there's two different colors so there's one uh dark mini we call him and that he has a very completely different color scheme from the regular edition so the, the limited edition one we only made 200 of and those are spread through the collector bundles mm. But uh, we made regular colored ones, the, the same color coding as on the album cover. And you can buy those separately or in bundles. They're, they're all available. Nice. And and probably in February, you're going to have some at the merch booth, I'm hoping. Yes. That's going to be. Kept some, uh, we kept some very limited uh, edition ones to sell in the merch booth uh, on tour. Oh, dude. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, European fans, make sure you guys pick up those. That's Dude, I love little collectibles like that because there's always stories behind there you know do you who what was your just just going off topic a little bit what was your favorite action figure or doll when you were a kid growing up do you remember oh yeah uh for me that was definitely masters of the universe Uh, and uh saint Seiya. man that's cool i had i had it was all this gi joes for me man they were the little ones. I never had the big ones. And then the one that I remember taking everywhere with me was a, with, as a kid was a uh, an Undertaker, like, big toy. Oh, okay. Like, cool. I would take it with me everywhere, and I would just smash things at, like, the dentist. My mom would hate me. Tombstone. <laughs> so she would take, yeah, she'd take the Undertaker. I'd cry. I was like, my guy. I got I to gotta call mom and see if that. She no, There's no way she threw him away. You don't throw away Undertaker toys like that. Anyways, just <laughs> no, no, that's punishable by law. <laughs> it's punishable by uh, mom. You're going to jail if that Undertaker toy is not in the garage. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a repeat offender. <laughs> so, dude, that is that is excellent. Everybody, one more time. Me and Sven, we're here. We're promoting Mania Cult, guys. It's coming out September 10th. Let's go back. Last year, you guys did do the EP. Were the writing sessions mm-hmm. the same time, or were those songs kind of left over from the past? Tell us how those records kind of separate. Because the EP, we should definitely promote if you guys haven't picked it up. La Grande Masquerade. It's also out right now. Yeah. So, no, that, that's a little different. We wrote and recorded the first two tracks uh, during festival season 2018 or 19 no 18 yeah i think so and then uh that came out no wait in 2019 i'm confused it came out early 2020 mm-hmm. and we started writing and uh recording for i mean the writing for maniacal was starting i think i want to say early 2020 
And then we recorded that. Uh, I think the, the drums recorded February this year. So yeah, there are two completely different uh, entities. Uh, there's one song that we had left over from Terrorvision that we cut because the, the album was way too long. So we actually even had more songs, but that was one that we felt that deserved, you know, to get on, on a proper release. So uh, that was Funeral and uh, yeah, I, I even forgot the name. <laughs> the third track on La Grande Mascarade. That one uh, was from Terrorvision. There's two new tracks. And then anything on, on Maniacal was brand new. With that, man, I do want it one more time, everybody. Make sure you're pre-ordering, picking up Mania Cult. As you heard from Sven, there's collectible item packages, guys. CenturyMedia.com, you guys go over there. You can probably find all those bundles that they got going on. It's going to be awesome. The tour is in February, Europe. Make sure you guys are picking up tickets, dude, supporting them. I'm telling you, it's going to be a great, great time. Bands have never had it like they have coming back from this kind of layoff. They're going to be jazzed excited and there's gonna be nothing but smiles don't miss out on those live shows you guys are gonna do uh and with that sven it is always always my friend a pleasure for to talk to you here on the metal sucks podcast likewise and thank you
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
right, cats, we are back. First song you guys heard is Dementophobia. Make sure you're checking out the Scooby-Doo art-inspired video that they put out. It is fucking awesome. Second song we talked to a lot in the in the interview, guys, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, both is off the latest record from Aborted, Mania Colt. Oh, I'm so, so happy to get another Aborted record, dude. I, l- I love the band, love everything they've done, and this one's right up there, guys. So make sure you're picking it up. Make sure you're checking it out. Um, and with that, I want to thank everybody for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old apple itunes you guys are the reason that we keep putting out shows we don't miss a week giving you two shows this week we we, we want to get out as much as we can guys and it, like i said it's not easy uh trust me definitely during covid and all stuff to get these episodes out to you guys but you guys stick around you listen to us uh we truly appreciate the hell out of you guys so a five-star review on the apple itunes lets us know you're out there no comments needed guys just go to apple itunes click five stars move on and thank you everybody for supporting our other podcast rise to offend we got over 100 episodes rise to offend is a documentary discussion podcast where we take a figure that is controversial like gg allen and we break down their life with interviews with their dialogue with things they say and us talking about it in a discussion form gg allen we've done wendy williams we've done the film larry clark's kids uh, William Friedkin's Cruising, Silent Night, Deadly Night for your horror fans. We've done a ton of films. We've done a ton of uh, metal characters, politicians, movements, whatever, man. It's over 100 episodes. Make sure you guys are checking out Rise to Offend. Um, James Randy's a favorite of mine. If you guys don't know who he is. The Amazing Randy. Go listen to it, man. So until a few days, my friends, we'll get another episode out for you guys. Metal Sucks Podcast. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.